Hi, welcome to episode three of Lady and the Tramp, Dog Whispering with me, Trish Mitchell, the dog magician, and Andy Lee, dog man down under. Last couple of episodes was us introducing each other, and now we're going to be talking dog stuff. So we haven't actually decided what. So what are we going to talk about, Andy? Well, I've got a question for you. If you had to get another dog, would you get a puppy, a brand new dog, or a secondhand dog, a rescue dog? You mean to replace my precious 13-year-old tequila? Yeah, or even if you just wanted another one. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I might not be, I was going to say normal person, I didn't mean that. (coughs) Um, I plan to get a puppy. What? Not being a normal person. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, No, I actually plan to get a puppy, hopefully at the end of April, because... I want to do something I've never done, which is take a puppy from eight weeks and bring up the perfect puppy. So that's my plan. And I've checked every possible rescue organisation in the entire state of Queensland because I'm not willing to import the dog. I don't think that's fair. You've got this look on your face, what? No, uh, when you said import a dog, it confused me for a minute and you meant from another state. Oh, you thought I meant from another country. Import a bloody rescue. Well, they do. Oh, people do. Romanian dogs going to England all the time. Yeah. Ridiculous. So that means a dog in England has to die. Yes. No, I I kind of, I hear what you're saying. I know what you're getting at, but I want to tell you my side of things anyway. So my plan is to get, uh, because tequila is a, Belen, which is um, the original breed of the Papillon, which is a French toy spaniel. I want to get another Felen, but unfortunately they've gone very much out of fashion and I'm sadly afraid that they might even become extinct because people love the Papillons, the butterfly dogs with the big sticky uppy ears, whereas tequila's ears are like proper spaniel ears. However, that's beside the point. So my plan is I've got a lady in Bundaberg and I'm on the waiting list for her puppy at the end of April. And that's what I want to do. I want to do my dog magician thing and bring up the perfect puppy because then I'm I'm walking the walk, not just talking the talk because it is something I've never done. Now, I know your whole point is about secondhand dogs, right? So, no, I'm interested in that as well. Right. Terrible name. What? It's Felin. It's spelled P H A L E N E. It's French and it means oh. night moth. Oh, right. And it was funny actually. <laughs> what? A what? <laughs> A spit dog. I'll call them from now on, I think. A spit dog. Spit. Flem. Oh, f- <laughs> It's not phlegm, it's phalen, with an N, not an M. Anyway, it was funny, actually. I rang one breeder, not this lovely lady I'm walking through, and I said, I'm really looking for a phalen puppy. And she said, a what? And I said, a a phalen. And she said, oh, you mean a phalene, love? And I said, yeah, I guess I mean a phalene. (laughs) So in Australia, they've pronounced phalene, even though the French word is... Felin. Yeah. And because I speak French and I'm a wanker, I still call them Felin. Yeah. So 
So that's my story. Um, I know you have an opinion about rescue dogs, secondhand dogs, so you might as well jump in and get amongst it now. No, well, before we get to that, yeah, I just got, I just want to know how much. Now I'm interested. If oh well, how much would it? Cost? Well, no, because I can't get a Flynn. No one oh, is right. breeding them anymore. Okay. So I'm going to have to get a Papillon puppy. Oh, right. That's and a I, shame. I like the fluffy kid. Oh, I know she's beautiful, yeah. and you should see the images. They're still available in Europe, and you sometimes yeah. see them in the show ring in Europe, and they're they're exquisite. Uh, and they have they the hair grows very long, so they've got quite small ears, yeah. but the hair grows like right down to the ground, and when they're groomed properly, they're just oh. they're exquisite. Sounds awful. What? Sounds awful. What? Don't cutting mud. Does Tequila's thirteen? Yeah, does she look not awful? Down to the floor, is it? No, but I'm growing I'm growing her hair yeah, because right. the last groomer I had messed it up badly yeah, and a, chopped her ears. I was furious. What? That's a good idea in Queensland. What? Grow a hair. Look, I've told you before, double-haired dogs need both coats. Okay. My friend Emily Myatt. Oi, shut up. Stop interrupting me. I'm telling you a story. The reason for, in Queensland, dogs that have a double coat need the double coat is that the top coat is glossy and it reflects the sun and the undercoat, which is like downy, keeps them cool. And I've seen an infrared image, which I've been looking for ever since, of a poodle that's had that classic poodle cut, you know, where they've got the big fluff around the chest and bally feet and bally tail, and they've got a totally bald body. And in this heat image, the part of the dog that was shaved was red and the part of the dog that had lots of fluff was a cool blue and it was the thick fluffy coat that kept the dog cool. We'll talk about that in depth the next episode. Will we? I've got a good idea. You've got a whole other opinion? Oh that'll be going for quite a while. Well listen but listen. I want to get back to. No wait 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 let me. No, no, hang on, hang on. I did digress, but I'm talking about my friend Emily, who is an international dog show grooming judge. And there's nothing about dog grooming of all breeds that she doesn't know. So she would not give me that advice if it was wrong advice. (laughs) And you're laughing because? (laughs) Because her whole world... Is not to cut the fur off, isn't it? She cannot cut fur off the show dogs and make them different to what they, the show standards says they want to show as. So she's not going to go, oh, yeah. But she's also a groomer and has a daycare down at Broadbeach. Yeah, and she'd be cutting hair off little fluffies all the time. No, <laughs> because I... Asked her about tequila anyway, when I we'll met talk her. About it next time. No, we won't. We'll finish this now. Okay, right. You let me have my say. That stupid thing. <laughs> that that goes around what? on Facebook. What stupid that thing? Heat camera. There's the shave bit. It's hotter than this long bit. Yes. The fire's inside the dog. That's the heat coming out. 
not going in. It's like insulating your house, totally shutting it up, and you put a fire on, it keeps the heat in insulation. If you open the window and put a heat camera on, that window will be red hot because all the heat's coming out. Oh, fair point. Fair <laughs> point. <laughs> all right. The show people put that around as proof. Oh, Oh, okay. That's my brain in that one. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> Point taken. All right. I'm wrong. Right. All right. We won't go there again. All right. So Money, let's get. I can't say that. I always say I'm wrong. I can't get that bit out. I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong once back in 84, I think it was. But then you realised you were wrong about being wrong. Yeah. Well, I'm, I just questioned it. Everyone said I was, but I just questioned <laughs> it still. Stop blathering. Let's get on to. What we were talking about, right? I want to raise a puppy yeah. and it's going to be a purebred puppy because I've checked every rescue and they don't yeah. have puppies and the puppies they do have are all bully breeds, pitties, pit yeah. crosses and that's not where I want to go. I want to stay with a small dog because that's what I want to do. Yeah. Okay. have no idea what, what the puppy is going to cost. I haven't been game to ask. So that's just for, for the future. Yeah. So... Your question was if you get a new dog, puppy, or rescue, or rescue dog. And you, so, you're going to get and I'm definitely getting a puppy. So, what I would never have a second hand dog unless I knew the people and knew the dog again in my life. Because, and I've had quite a lot. The, the absolutely rules out from any shelter, any dog, is they dissect them. And I don't know whether they've dissected them too early. They could give me a five-year-old one that's been dissexed when it was six weeks six old. Six weeks old, like the RSPCA yeah, does. Yeah, gone, gone yep. into a shelter, and it's five years old now. I have no idea if it was dissexed when it's five years old. Yeah, sure. And the, which would be fine by yep, me. sure. But I can't tell, with, and I've lived with one from one of the major shelters that was dissexed at 10 weeks old. Right. And he went to four different homes before I got her. Be because why? Mad, just mad excitement. And... Well, what's that? What do you reckon that's got to do with desexing? Because she, she peed everywhere. She lived her whole life incontinent. Oh, incontinent. Yes, yes. I didn't know about the pee bit. I just went round to this old people's home. Not an old people's home. <laughs> old people's house. <laughs> Uh, Some elderly a, people who, who had a home, who, right? Who they gave her as a companion for their little 14-year-old Fluffy, this mad cattle dog. Oh, dear. That was just out of control. And it, of course, it just kept bowling there. Yeah, but that was a stupid choice on their part. You can't yeah. blame the dog. Well, don't blame the dog because the dog needs training, but they never did any training to it. But then was when she started being incontinent... That was a rule out for any home. Luckily, we don't have carpets, but we live with that. And eventually, I had to go to the vets and she had to be put on drugs to try and yeah. you know, help her all the time. Yeah. So never do that again. And then her ligaments went at five years old, back ligament in, in the elbow. Had to have an operation on that. Yeah. And the other one went, because they don't fall properly without the oxygen. Yes, I know. Because I don't worry about the training. Oh, that's... Oh, I do worry about training, because that's the other. I would hope so. That's you are other, dog man down under. No, I meant it wouldn't bother me to train an unruly dog. Right. Yeah. So 
But the other rule out is I've now got two grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And I'd never bring a strange dog over yeah, to them. Yeah, sure. Because they only have one face. And What, the dogs or the children? The children. Yeah. One bite on their face and they look for the room for, yeah. for life. Yep. So why would you bring a dangerous thing into your house? Even if it's friendly, you're taking a chance if you haven't bought it up with a puppy. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I do. I mean, there'll be a lot of people saying how dreadfully cruel and, you know, dogs will get put down and you're being mean. But I agree with you. You well, I tell you, let me give you a classic example of what you're talking about. Um, I was down in Ballina last year and a couple contacted me and said they had rescued a quite beautiful, pure white, looked to me like a dingo cross possibly. Um, she had been unadoptable basically because she didn't want anything to do with humans and she would hide when people came to rescue her. And this young couple went, and this dog happened to come to, up to say hello to them. And the rescue people, I won't name them, said, oh, she really loves you because normally she won't go near people. She hides in the corner and shivers. So that should have been a red flag for a start. But this young couple thought, oh, we want to rescue a dog. We want to do the right thing. We'll take this girl. Well she she ruined their lives they were, they'd had her for maybe 2 months i suppose when they contacted me she was extremely fear aggressive she was extremely antisocial she was uh highly territorial in their home her mother the, the woman's mother had had lots of rescues and had been involved in a rescue organisation. And after spending two or three hours with them, it was completely obvious to me. They were both in tears. They were saying, we love this dog, but she's ruining our life. We can't have visitors. We can't have my niece and nephew over because they're only little and she's going to bite them. Um they were they were starting to fight they got a lovely couple who got on well they were fighting about the dog and it was completely obvious to me this dog basically needed to be let go she would be a management case the whole of her life she was very vicious and she you know how you know dogs give you that death stare and I waited ages before I went into the house because the dog was standing growling at the front door and they're going, come on, sweetie, come on, sweetie, it's a friendly lady, you know. So finally the dog backed off into a corner and I slowly came into the house. But this dog lay down but with this look of you make a wrong move and you've lost your face. So... Spent quite a lot of time with them. Didn't look the dog, didn't touch the dog, had a long conversation with them. And in the finish, after they had gone through their tears and their story and how dreadful it was and how hard it was, I said to them, you are never going to be able to manage this dog. You need to put this dog down. You cannot pass it on to somebody else because it's unrehomable. 
It's extremely vicious. It's extremely fearful. They had found out after they rescued it that it had been very badly abused. It was only like two years old. Beautiful white Kelpie dingo-ish sort of dog. And they, they were crying and they said, yes, I think you're right. We just can't cope anymore. And I'm crying because I felt full of them. And the dog's just lying there in the corner without moving a jot. And so they basically said, you know, we need some time to think about it. So I went driving off for half an hour and let them think and came back. And they said, yes, you're right, you're right. You know, will you come with us to the vet and, and we'll do it right now, you know. So I said, sure. We made all the plans. I went out to the car and then the the young woman came out and she's weeping and her partner's weeping and said, we just can't do it. We love her so much. We can't do it. We can't, we just can't do it. So we're going to work work it. And I said, well, that is not what I would recommend. I think this is going to end in serious tears, but this is your choice and I completely respect that. So I went back into the house to get my bits and pieces, leads and stuff, and this dog just suddenly decided it's time to go me. And she just stood up, hackles, you know, eyes staring, snarling, you know, like really with the teeth showing. And she was about half a metre away from me. And I thought, uh-oh, if I move, I'm gone. Yeah. So I just thought, I'm going to have to win here. I might get bitten, but if I walk away, this dog is going to attack me. So I just stood there and stood there and I stared this dog down like you've showed me to do. Yeah. That kind of like I just gave her that look that said, you are not going to win this. I don't care. Yeah. You are not going to win this. You I'm might bite start, me. But I'm, I'm going to finish it. Yeah, I'm finished this. You started this, but I'm finishing it. So I stood there and, and this dog is like, like, you know, doing that crouch, that kind of ready to attack yeah. thing. And I just took a tiny shuffling step forward and I'm glaring at her and pointing at her with all my strength. And we had a standoff and the, the, the couple was saying, <gasps> and I'm saying, just shut up, yeah. shut up, say nothing, let me handle yeah. this. And it took maybe 10 minutes of this standoff. And, and then feel like a long time. Oh, my God, it felt like forever. And my heart was pounding. I was thinking, yeah. am I going to win this or am I going to get savaged by this dog for real for the first time? And thank God in the finish, the dog, she just gave it away. She lay down, her eyes went soft, her body went soft, her tail went soft. And I just took this enormous breath and thought, oh, thank God. But then it was so beautiful. She walked very slowly up to me and she licked my hand with this look of, I'm sorry, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I'm sorry. And it was in that moment that I realised she had been so damaged that the only thing she was ever going to do was fight to the death. I'll get you before you get me. But because I didn't damage her in any way, I just stood my ground. I just 
get gave her good vibes, but I stared her down. And she was so gentle and sweet with me. But I knew that the minute I left the house and left her with the couple, she would go right back to being potentially very dangerous, especially with the young niece and nephew. And I contacted them a couple of weeks later and I said, I'm really interested to know how, how you've gone with whatever the dog's name was, I actually can't remember, and I didn't get a response. Which means? Which means they probably had to put it down. Yeah. And it was heartbreaking and you never want to say to someone, this dog is beyond rehabilitation, but I know my limitations. I'm not Caesar Milan. I can't pick a dog like that up, take, take it to my 40-acre farm and rehabilitate a dog like that. And then he still doesn't give the, some of them dogs back, says you can't have this dog back. Oh, yes, that's it's right. Dangerous. I would have, yeah. yes, in this, that yeah. circumstance, he would yeah. have said, this dog you can't have. I'll give you one of my dogs, I'll give you a good one, I'll take this one and I'll rehab this dog, right? In a perfect world, that's what would have happened. But I honestly pray that they put that dog down because it was so dangerous and so damaged. But they were were such good-hearted people and they were in love with this dog. But the rescue organisation had handed off a savage animal knowingly handed it off. They do it all the time. Yeah. They, they lied to this couple. 80% of my clients have got rescue dogs. They've been handed to them with severe problems. Mm. So they're calling out me because they can't handle their severe problems. Yeah, it's me too. That's, that's what I get. I get rescue dogs that people don't know what to do with. 90% of the problems is that the dogs are boisterous and out of control and they don't know how to stop them being crazy. They, they cannot even stop a dog jumping up. Yeah. Not one of them can stop a dog jumping up. Yeah. They can stop it after 10 minutes when it gets bored of jumping up them. And then they go. the person goes out, the other goes out, comes back in, he jumps up for another 10 yeah. minutes. It, it never stops. It, mm. It's on the dog's time. Oh, mm. I'm bored with it now, I'll stop jumping up. Yeah. That simple thing, I often teach... One of the big ones was near me. If, if, big dog, if, you mean? No, the big rescuers. All oh, right, shelter. right, yeah. Well, I'm about 30. I'll come in and teach you the basics. Right. Don't run out the kennel door. Yep. It's great to teach people. And don't jump up people. And I'll teach you, show you within a minute yes. how to stop the dog jumping up. And I bet even when <laughs> I went down to see the kennels, I said, I want to see the, the head girl there. And while I was in the in the waiting room, uh. this old lady came in with her grandson, with a big bull adder, full grown, twelve months old. It was madly excited, friendly, come up, jerking over to me and jumped at me. And I corrected it. It came running back. It jumped on me again. I corrected it. Then it came running back and changed its mind and didn't do it. And it jumped over the grandson. And they were crying because I was giving it up. This perfect, yeah, perfect dog. And for grandson, there's nothing better than a lively, boisterous dog. But it's just too over the top. And she was telling me, said uh, she's giving it up because it had no life because it's just locked out in the back garden now. Mm. Couldn't come in the house. 
because it was just knocking it for teeth flying, jumping oh, over the furniture. God. No one could control it. Yeah. And the head girl came out, and she was a lovely girl. And she could just, she's. The head girl the, of the rescue, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she was a lovely girl. Uh huh. But they're under the directions of the, the higher office. Yes. If they could teach them properly, then they could. She came out, the dog jumped on her, she turned her back on it. So it jumped on her back. Of course. And then she turned around and jumped on her, so she turned her back and put her arms up. The typical cross over her hands, clenched fists, hands around, so they can't get hold of your hands. Like a boy did it and it jumps up. And then she took it and it was jumping all over because she took it. And when she came back for me, because no, she was going to show me around her kennels. Right. Because I asked, what are you doing there that I'm getting so many rescued? Right, sure. And can I have a look around? And for, <laughs> And the head office wouldn't answer me at all, so I went down there direct. And right. The head girl said, came out and said, oh, yeah, once I sent to this, I'll show you around. Yeah. And I said, well, look, that dog, give me 30 seconds and I'll show you that dog how to stop it jumping up. Right. I've just done it in the office there. It won't jump up me anymore. They said, no, it's all right. We, we know what to do. And I just... You just well, gave I, up. I, I, I'm standing in front of someone. Yeah. just put a dog of way that's jumping all over her I've offered to say show her right in front of her I haven't got a big stick or anything on me yeah that I could stop that dog within 30 seconds it would have been less because I've already trained it sure and she just said no I wasted time I I gave up with all the rescues well you know I've got a a really interesting similar I haven't done what you've done I haven't gone to rescues but I was living in Canberra until recently. I spent a lot of time in Canberra. And the RSPCA at Canberra got a new CEO who was from America and she was fantastic. So I had a meeting with her and she decided to change how the RSPCA in Canberra worked. Uh, she closed off the, the dumping pens, you know, where you can go in the night and just dump a dog in a pen and it'll be there in the morning. She closed them off. She refused to take uh, dumped animals and she hired two ex-police people, dressed them up in very policey looking uniforms, uh, saying sort of like animal control or something. And she focused the RSPCA in Canberra on animal cruelty, which apparently for some reason in Canberra is endemic. Um, I, I don't know why, because Canberra, I've, lived Canberra for 14 years and I loved it. But she told me that um, she needed to deal with the RSPCA from the point of view of being an organisation that deals with animal cruelty because it's the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. That's what it stands for, right? So I'm like, I got really excited when I met her and I said, you know, I'd love to come and volunteer because I think what you're doing is fantastic because generally, by and large, I think the RSPCA is a dreadful organisation in Australia. But she was different. Because uh, she was American, she'd come from a different you know, point of view about how to deal with um, cruelty to animals, right? So she introduced me to her head trainer who um, invited me to come and help them. They had a pit bull that had just had um, puppies and the puppies were about six weeks old and she asked if I was interested in helping 
socialise the puppies and, and get the puppies ready to be adopted when they were old enough. And I made the mistake of driving in on my first day as a volunteer and the CEO was, wasn't there at the time. She was out at a meeting. And I had my sign on my car and I had in, at the time I had in small writing um, personally trained by the dog whisperer Caesar Milan, right? So she comes out to greet me and she looked at and she said, is that your car? And I said, yes. And she said, you're a Caesar Milan trainer? And I said, yes. And she said, get out of here. He's an abuser and you're an abuser. Get out of here. So I was, <laughs> I didn't even get in the door. She made me and she said, and move that car out of this car park immediately. So she made me go. And I, I rang the CEO the next day and I said, what the fuck was that? And she said, I'm, I'm working on, on that. But she won't get anywhere. No, no, no. Well, well she's yeah. actually not there anymore. Yeah. You know, right. this was some it years was. ago. But the point, the point that I'm making is I could have turned those pit bull puppies yeah. into perfect, gentle, happy, non-problematic puppies. You're grinning at me. You don't believe me that I could have done that? No. You might turn one, but genetics are everything. Well, yes so. and no. I, yeah, we'll have a, we'll have yeah, a conversation we'll have another, another day, episode. But nonetheless, I didn't yeah. get the opportunity. Yeah. I knew more than that head trainer. I had more information in my little finger than that head trainer had in her whole body because yeah. she was a positive-only trainer because yeah. that's what the RSPCA supports is... Yeah. Praise, Delpha. treats, and... Delpha. It's they, what? Delpha. It comes from America. Delpha. That's, uh, Delpha? They're, yeah, they're, they're the accreditation training. What does it stand for? Is it like an acronym? Oh, I don't know. We'd have to look it up because I've never bothered looking what it stands for. For a load of crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, positive-only training <laughs> yeah. is absolutely a load of crap. from America, and it's a, like you can get accreditation here. If you get accreditation for Delpha, right? If you do anything slightly different, even if it helps the dog, they take away your they accreditation. They kick you out, yeah. So they brought over God knows how many hundreds of thousands they spent. Yeah, the RSPCA brought over people from Delpha, right. a woman and an assistant. As far as I know, I know there was a woman and assistant because I met them and when they were over here training the RSPCA. In the, in the positive-only method. Yeah. and that was over here, and that's moving to a, a national one way of training. So everyone was oh, on the Lord. same page. Right. So they paid, paid for these people to come over. What, the RSPCA yeah, paid? Yeah. yeah. And go around the country training oh, individuals my God. there. Because I was lucky enough, because I criticised one of their directors who happened to be on the council... And got all uppity. Right. And that's, that's another thing they do. I just <laughs> diverge from that a little bit. <laughs> they go on the get, go to councillors and say, Do you want to be a director of the RSPCA, a non voting director? No pay, nothing. You mean like a local councillor, like an yes. MP? Right. And yeah. that's how they get the power in councils. Ah, I see. Those councillors go, Oh, that'd be good for my image. Yes. A director on the RSPCA. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah. They've got no powers, they've got nothing, they get paid nothing. But then the RSPCA tells them what to say. 
and they repeat it. Yes. And all the legislation they've got in, they've got a supporter there, a director of the RSPCA on the councils. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's clever buggers. And, and the other thing I hate power. that they do is that they desex at six weeks. They will not oh, okay. release a dog that's not well, desexed. Well, I don't know about six weeks, but because... Well, they, they, were, they were those six-week-old pit, 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 pit bull puppies that I was going yeah. to help with, they had already been desexed yeah. and they were six weeks old. Yeah. And it's bad. But back to that, so he rang me up really offended because I, I, I offended him in the paper, I wrote in the paper something to the paper about him and how bad he was. Right. Animal. That's so diplomatic of you. Really he really me up, trying to bully me. And me. I said, well, let me go to one of your your assessments. So then I got a call inviting me and it just happened to be when they were there, these Americans, All right. teaching them what to do, the standard thing. So I got to see what they were going to do. And so they went round and it's all positive only. Yeah. They had... They had a dog come in and just, you know, wild jumping over him and sort of, and they had this little marking system, so it's all standardised round. Right. But the, the, oh, it bugs me because they rant about irresponsible owners dumping dogs. Yeah. And overpopulation of dogs. Yeah. And they are the biggest ones responsible for that. Exactly. Because they won't teach people and they won't do it themselves, train the dogs, bad habits. Everyone would keep their dog. They all get a puppy and they call them irresponsible because they get rid of the dog. They're 12 months old. But they can't live with dog faults. Yes. the dogs. If yep. a dog comes in and jumps on your furniture and pees on it and or jumps over and looks, puts the kids in hospital, they say, ignore it. <laughs> go away, give them a treat. I so know. They ended it's, up with it's the mental. RSPCA, and then the RSPCA don't train one thing out of them. One bad habit, they don't. They train them to sit for a treat if yeah. they want the treat. That's it. Yeah. They've stopped. Well, the, the whole positive only thing is like Victoria, what's her name? That, you know, positive only, that TV show in England. What's her, I can never remember her last name. Victoria. Victoria still got lots of money. Yeah, her. Still well. Well, if you watch some of her videos, because she's a positive-only television trainer, and there are some hilarious... Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because I remember one. <laughs> have you seen the one where the German shepherd jumps up on her and she does the classic, you know, folds her arms and, and turns away? And <laughs> this dog, this German shepherd, just jumps up and rams his muzzle right up her ass. <laughs> Nelly knocks her over. Yeah. It's hilarious. It, it's it's a um, a blooper, you know. It didn't go to air. Yeah. It, somebody put it up on on YouTube. But I mean that that sort of uh, she's very popular. <laughs> Is it Victor, Stillwell? Victoria Stillwell? Yeah. Is that her name? I yeah. Stillwell off. Stillwell off. Oh, is that what you meant? Um, yeah. So, so she's got lots of money out of it. Yeah, she's got, and she doesn't know her ass from Vicky, her elbow, as far Vicky as I'm concerned. Works. Yeah. So, but but getting back to, you know, whether you get a puppy or a rescue, I agree with you. The tricky thing is that because of coronavirus, you know, you can go onto Gumtree, your local Gumtree, to a, a local hobby breeder, not, not a backyard breeder, but a, a hobby breeder with, you know, good ethics and, um, 
and you can get a mutt, like a, a moodle or a cavoodle or a whatever, and you're talking four, five, six thousand dollars right now because of coronavirus. So it's people aren't going to spend necessarily that sort of money on a puppy because who has six or seven thousand dollars to spend on a puppy? But they are, I don't know about ones that are from specialist breeders, but uh, Cavadoodles, one of the great pet dogs there is. Yes, they are. They're great. And the specialist breeders that I know, there's two I, I know, not personally, but I meet people and I've run one up and been comps- uh, conversations with one. Yeah. They breed, and when they bring them up, and they look for faults, they follow up on their pups so later in life. Right. But they bring them up and start in the home and start doing things to make them nice pets. Yeah. They're very good at what they do, and you'll have to pay about 5000 for one of theirs. Yeah. But if you've got that sort of money, it's worth it because you know what you're getting. Yeah, but how many people truly in this time of coronavirus where people are on JobKeeper and they've lost their jobs and but they're wanting a pet, for company, they're not paying six thousand no, dollars. You can go for another breed of dog, and it's not going to cost five thousand. You can, you know, a puppy for six hundred dollars. Where I, t- I swear to God, yeah. I have looked on Gumtree. Yeah. I've looked on local your local blah blah. I've looked on community Facebook community pages that are breeding. You know, little yeah. mutty yeah. things. You know, little Shih Tzu Maltese are so popular at the moment. Honestly, the minimum price I've seen, even on my friend Maria's um, website, Perfect Pets, which is a very ethical yeah. online website, you're looking at anything between four and six thousand dollars for basically a little fluffy mutt. You might as well pay five or six thousand dollars for a good ethical. Yeah. Pure, pure, yeah. pure breed, like I plan to do when yeah. I plan to get this puppy yeah. on at the end of the dog you want. Exactly. And but it's, you know, I had, and this is a true story, when I was, uh, when I was on the radio in the 1980s, I went to the Victoria Market in Melbourne with a friend of mine. We were going to buy veggies. And there was a little dog in a, a box, just a, you know, cardboard box. And they had a little sign on the box saying, I'm the last puppy left. And he was... The other four were at the back. <laughs> no, they weren't. Behind us all. Oh, pro- pro- quite possibly. <laughs> but he looked about eight weeks old, right? This scruffy little silver grey thing. And I said to my friend Raymond, "This," and he was $15, right? Yeah. So there's this gorgeous little thing, 15 bucks, last one left, apparently. And I said to my friend Raymond... We're taking, I was sharing with a girlfriend in my apartment and I said, don't tell Susie, but we're coming home with this puppy because she was a cat person. And so we brought him home and he was, I think, probably a, <coughs> uh, I should imagine, poodle, Oh, he was a poodle cross of some kind. He, was, he would have been a miniature poodle crossed with... He ended up, when I had him groomed, he ended up looking like a miniature schnauzer. So I'm not 100% sure what he was crossed with, but he was poodle something, right? And he was probably one of the very first 
designer dogs and he was 15 bucks and he was the best dog I ever had. He was my soulmate. I, it broke my heart when he died and I still, no, I still miss him. He was 15 when he died. 15? Yeah. That's, I, I just can't understand people. I know, I know it's their choice that would choose a breed that's going to die under 10 years old. Yeah, like a Great Dane or something. Yeah. But let me just finish the story. Yeah. The point that I was making was Snooky was $15 and he was a Poodle Cross. Poodle Crosses now cost five to $6,000. <coughs> so it's mental. It's absolutely mental. They should cost maximum five, 600 bucks, well, tops. They should cost what the market bears. Which is five to six thousand dollars. Well, true. Yeah. yeah, people are mad enough to pay that kind of money yeah. for a mutt. I guess. Yeah. 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 I would never. I would never do that. I mean, one of my oh, favorite dogs in the entire universe is my cousin's little uh, Maltese Shih Tzu, Ruby. I miss her because she's living in Canberra. I miss her dreadfully. Yeah. And it actually, it's conceivable that if I came across a dog that looked like Ruby that was six thousand dollars, I'd probably go. I'll have that. <laughs> my, my two that look like poodle crosses. Right. They're, they're actually hounds that have got a bit of pedigree. Well, they've got pedigree in them, but not, uh, not no pet breeding for hundreds of years. So. They're hunting dogs. Yes. Yeah. And I brought them from England. So I say, why, why would you pay that? I paid 8000 to get them to here. Well, there you go. Yeah. Because <laughs> I wanted a particular dog. And I couldn't get it in Australia. Right. I couldn't get the beagles I wanted uh, in Australia. I rang around, and that's where this is talking about venturing onto puppy farms. Yeah. Uh, they're easily stopped, but the RSPCA don't want to stop them because they're getting paid now to monitor them. Because when I wanted a beagle, I rang up beagle after beagle in Brisbane. What beagle breeders? Yeah, no, yeah. well, the advertising beagle. Pack. Oh yeah, right. I said, okay, I want to come down and see the mother and father. Yeah. And oh, I'm sending them for my friend who's out in the country. Yes. So all the and it was I could not find any where the parents were there. Yeah. So they come in from puppy farms. So all they've got to do is go to those adverts where they say I'm sending for a friend. Turn up at the doorstep. Where's this friend? Where do they live? We're going to inspect them. Yes. They are. They found them. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah. But they don't want to do that because they just want a big one now and again to keep the money coming in. Well, in my opinion. Well, let me tell you something. I'm a member of the Animal Justice Party and uh, it just happens to be a New South Wales member, long story, um, even though I'm in Queensland. And Emma, I think it's Emma Hunt, her name is, is a is an MP in the New South Wales Parliament and Animal Justice Party, and she is doing a phenomenal job with forcing um, the the closing down of, of puppy farms. Well, yeah, I don't agree. You don't agree with what? That she's doing a phenomenal job. Why not? I think they're terrible. What the Animal Justice Party? You yeah, think is terrible? Yeah, Why? Yeah. Because. What they want to do is do away with pets, ultimately. No, you're thinking of Peter. Yeah, and they're the same. No, they this, this is and a political party. Down. 
Hang on, hang on, hang on. This the Animal Justice Party is a political party in Australia. I know they're not affiliated, as far as I'm aware, with Peter, and Peter is a very radical organisation that does want to get rid of all animals as pets. That's their extreme stand, and I totally disagree with that particular stand. But what she's doing is she's working on the cruelty of puppy farms and we we've all seen the horrendous images of mother dogs cowering in a corner with teats down to the floor because she's had 7,000 puppies in two years and then she gets euthanized because she can't have any more and they're covered in feces and they're but that's already illegal abuse is illegal already oh just Give me a break. Of course it's illegal, but the point is they're often very hidden. They're away in bloody whoop-whoop somewhere where there's nobody to keep them accountable and, you know, they're out the back of beyond yeah. and they then they, they birth these cute puppies, clean them up, flog them off to pet shops that yeah. are in Queensland. Pet shops are still please. allowed. Yeah. Wait, wait, let me finish. Yeah. Pet shops are allowed in certain areas in Queensland to still sell yeah. live animals, okay? Yeah. So you know damn well that any puppy you buy from a pet shop is a puppy farm puppy. No, I don't agree. Why? Because how do you know? You don't know. You might be his own puppy. Because you don't get it's to very... see the parents. Exactly. And that's the way not to go, no one can breed a dog. Bringing draconian laws. No, they're not that doing, doing that. That's what they're trying to do. No, Bring they're not. Desexing laws that's going to harm dogs. They don't care about that. It's easily fixed. Just bringing legislation. Now, I realise something's got to be done because there's too many going around. Easily fixed. If you're selling a puppy, it's against the law to buy one unless or sell one unless it's been fed checked and both parents are on show yes we're at the place they were born. at the place that they are for sale yeah. for and yeah. there will be a couple out of thousands will get round that law but instantly 90 odd percent of puppy farms are out of business because they cannot show both parents for a start yes and that's and you can get round the pedigree thing with the imports of sperm and stuff like that yeah they can yeah. bring in they can work around there, but that principle, straight away, both parents must be on show at the time of purchase. So pet shops could still sell them, but they'd have to have both parents there. So you'd have to see both parents. So they can bring in, if they really wanted, bring in a friend's dog and that. But they've still got to have the vet, vet certificate from a vet that's seen that those puppies. So... I mean, they just cancel out maybe all of it. Not all. They, well, I've got, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, dramatic. I've got other things to say, but I think we've probably flogged yeah. the, that subject enough for now. But um, I, I, by and large, I agree with you. But just the fact that puppies get kept in glass cages overnight in shops yeah. and don't get looked after, you know, like I hate all that. So yeah. so I'm, I violently object to puppies yeah. being sold in pet shops and, and a lot of ethical pet shops are now not selling live animals yeah. which is great so <clears throat> pardon me 
Uh, we've done rescue dogs and puppies. Do we have anything else we need desperately to say before we finish up well, this episode? I want to get on to uh, anxious people's wanting a service dog. Well, you know what? I reckon that's quite a topic. Let's yeah, make that next episode. Yeah. So next episode, we'll talk about uh, personal support dogs, which yeah. is now becoming huge. a huge thing. And a lot of people are taking advantage of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So we'll talk about that then. I'll just go, well, I'm sure you do. <laughs> and maybe I'll just sit and listen because I probably agree with you. So here we are, this lady in the tramp. With uh, Trish Mitchell, the dog magician, and Andy Lee, dog man down under. As I've said before, you can contact us through Facebook Messenger or on our pages or on our website. If you've got any questions, anything you would really like help with, uh, let us know and we'll talk about it. And Andy, anything you want to say to wrap up? Yeah, next time we'll talk about, I want to talk about the service dogs. And yep. Companion dogs. But we'll also talk about something practical to help some people with barking, I think, because that's a big issue. Barking. Barking dogs. All right, so next episode will be barking and fake service dogs. Yeah. No, just service dogs. Service dogs. All right. Okay. All right, so you know what's coming up on episode four. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye.